uh, on our on our giving, I thank each one for playing a part in uh, in our in our giving program. I also like to thank uh, each one for their work uh, that they do here in uh, Cypress Street. Also <clears throat> on uh, Wednesday, uh, Carvin will be leading our uh, Bible study along with Bryce. We thank each and every one for the, their part in on Wednesday night. Also on uh, next Sunday, we get to go, we lose our hour of sleep. We get to <laughs> turn our clocks ahead. Uh, hopefully this will be the last time we have to go back and forth that they uh, signed a bill in Congress that for us to stay on daylight savings time. So hopefully that uh, after you two or three days of getting used to losing that hour of sleep that we uh, get back to normal. Also, uh, this afternoon at three o'clock, uh, they'll be singing at the guest house. And those that can come and participate, that you will receive a blessing. Also on uh, March the 24th and 25th at Camp Pollock, uh, grades uh, six through 12, we'll have a, a youth retreat. And uh, <clears throat> also on March the 30th and 31st is when the uh, our new pastor and family will be moving in, and we are anxious to praying that everything will go smoothly in there, uh, moving from Illinois down here. And uh, this morning uh, we're going to celebrate some birthdays. Yes, and we have a young lady that today is her birthday. Rachel's today, 36 today. Congratulations, Rachel. <laughs> Let's sing happy birthday to everyone now. James and Donna Vickery. <laughs> Happy anniversary to
Now, won't you stand with us as we begin our worship service this morning? Or rather, Rachel began it. We'll continue it. And, and can it be that I should gain? This is a join together and sing an old song, a little peppy, and I better see some peppiness out there. We're going to step in the light this morning, okay? <laughs>
participation. You may be seated and the children may go to their classes. Music does put a little pep in your step too, and the songs have uh, blessing in, in every way. The little two words, I am, is spoken in the Bible. That may not seem very much I am, but when God told Moses to tell the Israelites, I am sent you, and those are powerful words. And when Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And Peter spoke up and said, well, you're the son of the living God. And when someone asks you, who are you? You can say, I'm Christ. Uh, God is my father. Jesus is my brother and my savior. Uh, as we go to prayer this morning, uh, this uh, have a lengthy list of uh, people to remember. And, uh, we have had several uh, deaths in our community and friends that uh, have lost loved ones in this past few weeks that uh, is uh, very disheartened to face tomorrow without the hope of uh, Jesus holding our hands. And uh, we'd like to remember uh, Dan and Lynn Masters as they prepare to move down here. Kate uh, Foye, uh, the Louis Cleveland family, Alton Cooper, L.M. Welch, uh, Mr. Gene Larry Lawson, uh, the Jesus Revolution, uh, Nancy Wyatt, Brenda Get Chase Robertson, uh, Brad uh, Chipian, uh, Bill uh, Champion, Larry McCullough, and our pastor. And uh, as we prepare our hearts for worship this morning, let us all be in accord of uh, agreement as we pray. Dear Father, we're thankful that we can come to you knowing that you hear and understand our prayer requests, that you understand our needs in our life, you understand the things that we uh, cannot change, that we cannot uh, go forward without your help. We're thankful for the opportunity to come to you and to pray and to knowing that you do hear understand us, that you understand the needs of the of the person that uh, with the, that we spoke about, the needs of the ones that have unspoken prayer requests in their life. We're thankful for Brother Ray uh, sharing what you've laid upon his heart. We're thankful for the dedication that he has had for our congregation and the love that he has shown for each one. Thank you for the blessings of life and the beautiful day that you've sent us to enjoy. Let us go forward. Let us continue to hold your hand uh, as we go forward into the next week. Thank you so much in Jesus' name. Amen. And we thank you for uh, <clears throat> Brother Ray as he comes and shares with us this morning. As a lot of you know, yesterday the Youth had an activity, and I'm going to ask our youth ministry uh, intern, Bryce, to come up and just tell us a little bit about it. Come on up, Bryce. Y'all need a good-looking face this morning, uh, so he gets to take that part. Good morning, y'all. Um, so, uh, yeah, I talk really loud, so I don't need a mic. But um, uh, 
so the youth we went to altitude last night and let me tell you i'm not as young as i used to be i found that out last night but um yeah it was a lot of fun i think we had eight kids come and it was it was great we went eight johnny's after and i never knew i could fall in love with the job so fast and that's what i've done and so it was a lot of fun and I plan, i'm planning on making a lot more events happen so uh it was really great uh thank y'all for y'all support in that so uh, also, uh, I have a lot of fun stuff planned for youth retreat. I'm in the works of planning for that. It's um, March 24th through the 25th. So if you have any kids who are interested, um, please send them my way. Uh, I know a few that are going already, and I'm just, the more the merrier, in my opinion. So, yeah. Thank, Thank y'all. Thank you, Bart. That enthusiasm's kind of contagious, isn't it? That's good. Thank you, Bryce. You're doing a great job. We've already had some rededications, uh, and uh, I'm excited about what the future holds. So that, that's great. Um, I also want to kind of mention the same time that the uh, youth are going to be down at uh, Pollock, uh, some of us are going to be working over at Dobson Place, getting ready. There'll be painting going on, maybe some. Uh, things installed and just trying to get things ready but do keep the 30th or you know if you have a able-bodied uh, somebody around uh, the 30th that Thursday and maybe the Friday and we'll get them unloaded and in um, talking to Dan and Lynn they're they're really excited about it I was talking to Priscilla I think it was just yesterday morning actually and uh, she was just saying, isn't it amazing how everything just works perfect and it's just working out? And it is. So the, Do the miracle at Dobson Place is still happening. So uh, it's, it's really, really awesome. So you've got to, you got to see that and that's pretty amazing. You probably need to look on the back of your outline, uh, back of your, your bulletin there, sheet, and look at your outline. Uh, just a clarification and a couple updates. I'll... Uh, I'm taking Wednesday off. We're going to get Liam today, my grandson, and it's his spring break. And I'm going to be at another church Wednesday night. And then I'll be here uh, today, a whole month, uh, on Sunday mornings, Lord willing. Uh, so it's my last four sermons in a row uh, for a while. And uh, Dan will be here, uh, Pastor Dan, on, on the 1st of April. So it's, it's just time flies, man. It, it really does. So I have a, a three sermons left that I'm preparing for Easter starting next week. Uh, today I wanted to kind of talk about, I was thinking about how to live a stand-up life in a pretty much deadbeat, depend-on-the-government world, you know. And I was appalled by some statistics that I saw. And um, today I wanted to talk about are you man enough? Now this message might kind of look like I'm talking to, to men, and I am, and I'm glad there's several men here. I appreciate the men. Uh, it's definitely to the men, but ladies, you can listen in too, because 99.99% of it applies to you too. Uh, and how many of you know that in Christ Jesus there is now no longer male or female? There's no longer race, Jew or Greek. Did you know that? And one thing I'm very proud of the Church of God and uh, is we have come to know that as many groups have. And bless our Baptist brothers and sisters, they're struggling with that uh, as our friend Rick Warren and all is, is dealing with all that. Let's just pray that we just, we just as a body of Christ regardless of denomination we need to come together and really focus on Jesus. Amen. It's all about Jesus, all of us together, and have no division, and that's, of course, our dream. So I have the question, are you man enough? And, uh, and really, the question is there, are you man enough to have strength under control? And that's the first blank there. Are you, are you man enough to have strength under control? Uh, if, if you want to know the character of somebody, give them power. Have we seen that in life? In fact, they say no man can handle power because power corrupts absolutely, you know, if you have absolute power. 
There's no doubt the most efficient form of government is a dictatorship. There's no doubt about it. And even God knows that. If God was totally our dictator, everything would be perfect because <laughs> he's perfect. Unfortunately, humans. But if you have a, a, a dictator or a king with amazing power and he's godly, things are going to go wonderful as they did in times of past but boy, it isn't long that uh, things change. I've known personally some people that got elected to Congress or office and they were going to do amazing things. But after they got there, they begin to change. And over time they change and then, you know, nothing really happens. And so, um, you know, if, if you really want to know the character of someone, again, give them absolute power. I, I thought about a, a story I read where there was this horse that was called Nutmeg. And, um, and it was trained to jump in the English riding. I had a niece, bless their heart, they came down, my, my two cousins and their two kids came down to visit. And we have real nice horses on our place. And she fell in love with horses. So when they went back to Cincinnati, <laughs> he had to get her a horse. And they, she got into English riding. And this horse is trained to jump. You know, they, they ride and they jump over the little steeple. Well, Nutmeg got addicted to jumping. And the point was, jump so well, so good, that even when they put it in the trailer, it would jump. When they put it in the stall, it would jump. And of course, a tragedy came when it tried to jump out of its stall, broke a couple legs, and had to be put down. And I thought about that. That's kind of a, obviously a sad story. But, but many people are like nutmeg. They get a gift, but they don't know how to use the gift. You follow what I'm saying? In other words, even the best gift has to stay under control. Total power has to stay under control. Money has to stay under control. Good looks, and I know many of you know this, has to stay under control. I don't know that myself, but many of you beautiful folks know that. You've got to keep it under control, okay? Because <laughs> it, it can get out of control. We know that. Too much of anything. And also people many times cannot handle the authority and the power with humility and integrity. And our culture today is intoxicated with power. I mean the the Murdoch case goes all up into that, you know, on your phone. You just can't even Google anything without it coming up about the trial and this powerful family falling apart. We love to see them fall, too, by the way. They have lifetime movies over that, you know. And if it isn't true, they make one up. It doesn't matter, okay. It's all there. And I thought, how do we live today, stand-up lives in a deadbeat world? Well, I have a couple very short scriptures for you. The words of Jesus, Matthew 5, 5. God blesses those who are gentle and lowly, for the whole earth will belong to them. And the second one, Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, Jesus saying, Let me teach you, because I am humble and gentle. And that word, if you look it up, pros, is used in the training of a horse, in bridling a horse, having tremendous power, but keeping it under control. And I want you to think about, Jesus is basically saying, model your life after me, because I have strength and power under control. This is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and the Omega who spoke and everything came into being and he's got it under control. He has the power of creation, the power of destruction. And both of those, one has happened and one's going to happen. And yet he keeps it under control. And I think I'm preaching to myself as a man, sometimes I need to get some things under control. I don't know about you, you probably have everything figured out. So men, are you man enough to have your power under control? Our first point on our outline is, are you man enough to be tender and compassionate? Are you man enough to be tender and compassionate? How many of you have ever seen the movie The Wizard of Oz? Most of you have, good. If you hadn't, you know, it's kind of normal to have seen it, so I'll just leave it at that, okay? Obviously, you know I'm married, I always say Miss Kansas, 
uh, and, and the Wizard of Oz, Dorothy, is from Kansas. So sometimes I've even said, oh, I married, I went to Kansas, uh, and I married Dorothy. Uh, and she clicked those shoes, and I was smitten, and... <laughs> And, and, I, and I have told people it's true. I thought when I retired I owed it to her to go back, but life changes. And Dorothy's become a Southern Belle. She loves Louisiana and she loves Monroe area. But y'all know the story. There's a scarecrow and he doesn't have a what? Very good. And the lion has lost his courage. And the tin woodsman or the tin man has no heart. And Dorothy's trying to find her way home back to Kansas. And I thought about this. This will make you laugh. Why in the world would Dorothy ask three men directions? <laughs> I, I just hit me. Ask three men, one without a mind, one without a brain, one without a heart, one without courage, directions. How do we get back to Kansas? So they all grab hands and they what? Down the yellow brick road. I told the praise team this morning, I got up and I could hear today, uh, my right ear, first time in about two months. And um, I take it back, there's been an hour or two I could hear, but generally first time. And I said, I said, Alexa, play Oklahoma. Oh, what a beautiful day. Oh, what a beautiful morning. You know, everything's going my way. I just had to hear that song this morning. So if I break out into it, you know what I'm talking about. Well, getting back to this, men, of all of these, the tin man, that's the one the witch cursed his axe, and the guy that put him back together got all the parts but left out a heart. And I think many men are like this because here's what's happening. It's not our fault, uh, totally. But as boys, we're taught to be what? Tough. You little boy, you ever had, toughen up, son. You know, grit it out. Big boys don't cry. No pain, no gain. I've heard that from coaches. I want to slap them. I mean, you know what I'm saying? That, that, that's sort of going on. We put our sons in these tin shells, kind of like the tin man, and they, don't, they can't share their heart. They can't share their feelings. So it's kind of like we're creating these tin men in our, in our world today. And many men today will literally avoid situations where they cry. Now, I'm not saying, men, that you shouldn't avoid watching a Lifetime movie or something like that. I'm not saying that, okay? But I'm saying sometimes we don't even talk to our kids or be in a place where we really open up and allow ourselves to be tender and compassionate. So I have on your outline a quote there. There's nothing strong about not being able to cry. I hope you agree with that. If you don't, please call me. I was here Thursday night late talking to somebody. We'll schedule you for a Thursday night late session as well if you don't agree with that. It's very important. We need to get a hold of our heart for our families. At times, we need to be a rock, but I want to tell you, men, at other times, we need to put our arms around them and let them know we care and hug them. Amen? Dana and I rarely have time to watch TV, and, but sometimes we go up and we've been watching some episodes of Blue Bloods and one of the sons is a detective and you know he's a great character and all, but he, he lost his wife and in that show my point is he never hugs his boys. I mean unless there's almost something tragic happening. I mean he talks to them and he tells them good things, but he never, he never really hugs them or touches them. And man, I tell you as a psychologist, I can talk a lot about that. Man, above all, you better be hugging your daughters and your granddaughters. I'll just tell you that right now. Look at the scripture there, Psalms 103. The Lord is like a father to his children. What is he? Tender and compassionate to those who love him or fear him. In other words, it's a biblical point that... God himself is tender and compassionate. Now, I don't know about you, but when I mess up, I'm glad God's tender and compassionate. I've felt God put his arms around me. How about you? I pray you have. Man, I felt it. I felt it. And the second one is from John 11, 35, 36. Then Jesus wept. 
the people who were standing by, this is when Lazarus passed away. See how much he loved him. Here's what it shows me. If the most powerful man that ever lived, human slash God that ever lived, if he had empathy and compassion and he can cry, I tell you what, you better be able to cry. And I say this as a person that for, I went for a period of time in my life, I never cried. Man, God got a hold of me. I'll never forget. I was preaching. I've told some of you the story. I was preaching. I was kind of ticked off that this is about the third pastor that had left, and here I am back being a pastor. I was a psychologist. I was teaching at the university. I had some side gigs managing wildlife properties. I was busy, out of control. Here I am having to be pastor again. I didn't mind. I mean, I'm there every time the doors are open. I'm just saying, taking on the pastorate and everything, I was frustrated. And God began to show me people through His eyes. And I was preaching and I just started crying. Just for a moment I saw people. He is a miracle. He just let me see people through His eyes. You know those jerks out there? Anybody know a jerk? Anybody sitting next to a jerk? <laughs> you are sitting next to one. <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Uh, so the jerk's you, you know what I'm saying? Sitting there. Uh, you know what? Most of them are just hurting. They're miserable. That's why they're a jerk. You know what I'm saying? And when I saw that, God, I started crying. And now I'll cry at a Walmart opening. If they opened a new Walmart near my house and I went to it, I'd probably cry. If I go to Academy and they got their stuff on sale, <laughs> do y'all remember the blue light special? Was it Kmart? Boy, that's bringing back some memories. That's before y'all's time. There was this big store called Kmart. And they know, folks, for the next five minutes in the Electronics department, TVs are on half price, and then there'd be people slapping each other running down there. They didn't need a TV, but they wouldn't go let somebody beat them to the TV. <laughs> Big boys do cry, brothers and sisters. If Jesus cried, we can cry. Now, you don't have to, I'm not saying be a baby, and there's different levels of emotion. But man, we need to realize we are emotionally sometimes not free and God wants to set us free and if you have true strength in your life you can show emotion. If it's not crying, it's touching, it's hugging, it's saying the right thing, it's sharing it. Number two, are you man enough to care about reconciliation more than rights? Reconciliation more than rights. Boy, this ought to preach to everybody in our country and particularly certain groups right now. How many of you love to be right? This is church. <laughs> Especially in your marriage. Get that smile off your face, okay? But more important, many times, the rightness between us is the reconciliation. Sometimes in families, people long for reconciliation. And yet some family members demand their rights. I want to share in addition to feeling good today and being touched physically, and, and keep praying for me. I, I appreciate your prayers. I really do. Uh, we, we, after 900 hours, man hours, more than that, Friday we closed on my mom and dad's house to a young couple. We prayed for them. We left them a card there. We even invited them to church, you know. Um, and, and we pray that it will continue. But my point is the work there level wasn't even. <laughs> but I have to remember sometimes even when things aren't fair, reconciliation is very important. Very important. Philip Yancey, in a beautiful book, What's Amazing About Grace, highly recommend it, wrote about the famous author, you've all heard of him, Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway was tormented in his life, amazing author, but tormented in his life. He had a lot of problems with his father. He had daddy issues. And as you know, eventually took his own life, and I think actually his daughter 
One of his daughters took her life. A lot of struggles. He struggled as being a father because he didn't have a father's example. He wrote a short story about a boy and a father in Spain. And the father was so overbearing that the son ran away. Guess where that came from? Finally, out of his brokenness, the father realized that he'd messed up and needed to do something. So he goes to Madrid, Spain, where this story is written, takes out an ad in the newspaper, and it says this, Sunday morning, Dear Paco, Paco means son, Dear Paco, meet me on Tuesday at noon in front of Hotel Montaigne. All is forgiven, explanation point, father. Well, in the story, the father shows up at noon to find 800 Pacos <laughs> there. Now, that is funny and it's powerful. In other words, I see the hurt in Ernest Hemingway. As a psychologist, if I'd read that and I'd known him and I was back there in those days, I could go, we need to talk. You know, this is you. But it's also a sign of our culture and times that there's so many sons that want their dad to forgive them and be restored and reconciled. And it's never too late till you breathe your last. It's never too late till you breathe your last. When there's distance between us, distance between us and our children, distance between us and our spouse, there's an elephant in the room, right? Y'all know what that means, don't you? Okay, just making sure. It is West Monroe. Just making sure. Okay. Here's what we'll say. It's not my fault because we have rights. And you know what? You might be right. It might not be your fault. Has it ever been Jesus' fault that we mess up? No. But he forgives us. I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But it's okay to lay down our rights for reconciliation to take place. Now, I'm going to read a couple of scriptures, but before I do, I'm not talking about enablement, and I'm not talking about an abusive relationship. Okay, let me stop there. I'm not saying that. I'm talking about relationships in our lives. John 10, 18 said, Jesus says, No one can take my life from me, I lay it down voluntarily. The point is, he didn't have to die on the cross. He could have called 10,000 angels. We sometimes forget that. He had to struggle with it in the Garden of Gethsemane and pretty much alone because even his three favorite buddies couldn't stay awake with him. And he's struggling so much that he's, y'all remember I shared about that, he's struggling so much that he has hemohydriasis, which is so much emotion his sweat's turning to blood. Blood vessels are popping. And they couldn't stay awake with it. Yet he lays his life down voluntarily. That's giving up your rights. Secondly, Luke 15, 20. Y'all know this, the prodigal son. So he returned home to his father when he came to his senses. And while he was still a long distance away, his father, this is God, saw him coming, filled with love and compassion, and he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. This is the only biblical reference I remember or I'm aware of where God, our Creator, ran to make things right. Do you, we talked about Ernest Hemingway's heart, do you hear the heart of God in this? I pray the Holy Spirit opens your mind and your heart just for a minute. God, what did Jesus come to do? Seek and to save that which was lost. God's heart is reconciliation. God reconciled Himself to us while yet we were sinners. Christ died for us. God's running to us. When we, when we turn to Him, He runs to us. That's awesome. So men, we need to be the same way. As much as we can, we're supposed to be Christians like Christ, like God. And that's what we're supposed to do. So I think it's powerful. Thirdly, are we man enough to lead by demonstration rather than intimidation? Are we man enough to lead by demonstration? Now some men, including the man in the pulpit, has sometimes ruled by the volume of their voice. 
Say it isn't so. <laughs> Suddenly it got quiet. <laughs> That's because this is, I'm sorry, we're going to step on some toes. I didn't know we were, but when you're silenced, it proves that toes are being stepped on. In other words, some men rule by the power of the volume, or they yell their way through life, or they try to imita uh, intimidate their kids uh, or, or their wife, or they flex their power. I'm not talking about physical abuse. I'm just saying we just, I told you, you know, that kind of thing. But what about leading by demonstration? What I mean is an example. In other words, come alongside them and show them the way. There's a Dutch village, I read this, that passed a law, an ordinance, to ban all swearing or yelling, or there'd be a tax. I think I have just found the answer to pay the national debt. If anybody yells or swears they would have to pay a quarter, we would pay off the national debt in one year. You can't even watch TV. You can't go to a movie. In fact, I'm limited with what I can go to the movie because there are just certain words I'm not going to allow come into my ears. I just don't want to hear it, especially as a preacher. You know, it's just terrible. I don't want it in. My little grandson in a supposedly best school district in the Dallas area almost, one of the best two or three, and he's saying he's hearing these words in sixth grade all the time. Bless y'all's heart. You shouldn't have to do that. Words I didn't even hear one time by the sixth grade. And he's hearing them all the time. It, it, it's, it's terrible. It's tough. And I think that you think about it. First Peter 5.3 says, Don't lord it over the people assigned to your care, but lead them by your good example. In other words, lead not so much what you say alone, but how you lead by what you do. Mark chapter 10.42 43. So Jesus called them together and said, you know that in this world you're going to have kings as tyrants and officials who lord it over the people beneath them. But among you, that's us Christians, it should be quite different. Whoever wants to be your leader among you must be your servant. For I, the Son of Man, came here not to serve, be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. What an example. Leading by, Jesus is saying, do what I do. You know, he doesn't intimidate us. He had all the power to intimidate us. I mean, he could have just done this open heaven and seen all those angels, which by the way, they don't have wings and are white and pretty. They're very scary beings who are on fire. They're, they're burning. They're very bright. You know, it, it's before Steven Spielberg and all that, you know. Think about it. Just read the Bible. Anytime an angel shows up, what happens? First thing out of them, what's the first thing an angel always says? Fear not. Because now you can also entertain angels unaware. Um, I knew I've shared this with you one time before. Um, my dad was pastor in San Antonio and we were in Houston at college and we'd go there weekends a lot. And there was a guy there that was over Fairchild Aircraft. Bill's big turboprop planes for commuter airlines. And he was not even a Christian at the time. But he very faithful in the church and he tithed, but he just struggled. You know, very intelligent guy, just struggled. And he was in his company car driving to, uh, okay, hello, Abilene, Texas. Abilene, Texas. And picked up a hitchhiker. And uh, out, way out in West Texas. And he said, this guy spoke like no one he's ever known before. You know, he kind of looked kind of like a homeless guy, but he obviously had a higher IQ than he did. He encouraged him. He really challenged his soul and his heart in such an amazing way. You know how when somebody's not right, you have to be careful because you can condemn them. You know what I mean? They get run away from it. This guy condemned him in a way that made him want to run to it. And he's doing... Uh, a certain speed in Texas that you do. He was exceeding the speed limit on a four-lane road out in West Texas where you can see the next town and the guy disappeared in the car. Well, it just, you know, what, what would you do? Bryce, you and I are riding along and you're driving to Camp Pollock and I'm riding and we're solving the world's problems on the way and then I just disappear. 
Well, he did what anybody, he pulled over. You know, looked in the car, said he popped the trunk. And by the way, I remember he had a button that would pop the trunk when that never, I, no, I didn't even know that existed because this was a big corporate car, fancy car. Now it's no big deal. We got buttons. In the, and the guy was nowhere. And as time went on, he obviously knew who it was. It was an angel. Showed up, right time. Needs to say he got saved. So yeah, you, you can entertain angels unaware. You know what? The homeless guy that, that we took care of, the Bible says you do it to the least of these. You never know. You just do right all the time. And you love on everybody. And when you've done it to them, even if they're not an angel, you've done it to me. Isn't that awesome? That's awesome. Finally, are you man enough to be a model and a mentor? Now this takes inner security and God's security, man, because you have to be able to live outside yourself. It's here, we're not talking about what you achieve, what you gain, what your interests are, your hobbies. Do you understand that life's so much more about what we give away and pass on and how I hand the baton off to Brooke, how I hand the baton off to Liam. That's what's important. And here's the thing, maybe I didn't hand it off too good, especially when you're young, you're trying to build you know, your, your family up, you're trying to finances and all your jobs and you're so busy and people demand a lot, maybe you don't do as good. But at whatever point you come to your senses, whatever that is, we need to start realizing we need to mentor. And I will tell you, I was a pretty good dad, but I'm a great grandfather. And I'm not a great grandfather, I'm a great grandfather. You know what I mean? I'm better. I'm much better. I'll learn from my mistakes. Look at 1 Corinthians 11. This is Paul. He said, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Wow, now that's scary. In other words, Brooke, be just like me. That's scary. That's scary. Paul wasn't say that, I, you know, he didn't say read the Bible, go to church, do all that. He really just said, do what I do. Men, what, wouldn't that be amazing if our example was that good? And also mentoring and giving to others. Second Timothy 2, Paul says this, You've heard me teach many things that have been confirmed to many reliable, by many reliable witnesses. Teach these great truths to trustworthy people who are able to pass them on to others. Are you able to be man enough to be a mentor? Women, you can do the same thing. But we got to take it serious. We got to pass it on. Mentoring's what it's all about. The reason that I was honored to be the fourth ever recipient of a Lifetime Achievement Award in psychology in the state of Louisiana was not so much my skill or being sent to Congress to testify, all those things. You know, other people have done things. I will tell you what really, when it, when it really came down to it, they did the research. I had mentored over 50 psychologists. I didn't realize that. But obviously teaching them and then later supervising them and all of that. In other words, that makes a legacy. Does that make what I'm trying to say? When you pour into other people's lives and not just your own children. What would it be like if we took this seriously? The U.S. Census Bureau says 23%, almost one in four children grow up without fathers in the United States. I, I saw this yesterday, actually last night. 19.5, one place said 18.4 and one said 18.5, but I saw the latest figure. 19.5 million children grow up without fathers in the USA. We are now the world leader in fatherlessness in the world. The world average is 7% and we're at 23%. So when we started doing that thing where you don't need to be married if you have a baby, you don't need to take responsibility, who's going to take care of you and your baby? The government. You follow what I'm saying? And I got it. We meant well. We meant to. But what happened? We got to, away from godliness and men being responsible and fathers. Do you see what I'm saying? To where, no, you don't have to do that. We'll take care of it. 
There are 10 million single mother households in the U.S. right now and 2 million single father households. Children from fathers absent homes, get this, no father, are 279% more likely to deal drugs than their peers if there's a father. 279%. In fact, it's so rare when it happens when there's a father. And by the way, this isn't saying good fathers. If you don't think you're important, dads, I want to tell you you are. And dads, if you don't show the love to your kids, and particularly dads to daughters, but also dads to son, if you don't show them the love and mentor them, and love sometimes is correcting. How many of you know that? There's a tough love. If you don't, here's what I want to tell you. Somebody else is going to show them, and that's what gangs try to, that's how gangs get people. They, 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 they meet the belonging and they kind of show a little love at the beginning, but pretty soon what happens? They're getting into now, you do it for us. And then it gets you locked in. At-risk kids with a mentor, if they have some mentor in their life, are 46% less likely to use drugs, 52% less likely to skip school. Well, I was 100% less likely to skip school with my dad. 100%. Because the problem, if I ever complained about a teacher, my dad would actually do this terrible. He would give me a spank and then he'd go check out the truth. Because he said, pretty much he's going to take the teacher's word for it. And that really hurt my feelings. It hurt my rear end. <laughs> my mom, bless her heart, <laughs> I'm pastoring, right? And I'd been in them like twice before I took the church on as, as pastor. And my mom would be sitting right there. We have three sections. And, uh, and she's always sitting right there with Dad. Dad's writing everything down, filling every blank out. In fact, guys, if I missed a blank or he didn't get it, hey, <laughs> we'd have to stop filling out. <laughs> Well, my mom was sitting there, and I'd say something about, you know, I got a spanking. She turned, he didn't ever get a spanking. He was so good. I'm like, oh, mom, you're killing me here. <laughs> Try pastoring your parents, man. And when they're like, you know, in their 80s, and you're in your 60s, you know, 50s and 60s, and she's correcting you while you're preaching, you know. Thank goodness I had a wonderful church that thought it was just like y'all did funny, thank goodness. And they saw me turn red and everything else and get embarrassed. But men, are we strong enough to use what God has given us to help somebody else? And if you think, I don't have anything to give somebody else. Every man in here, Larry, who's with Jesus, had electronic ability. He could fix anything. Don't buy a new one, fix it, right? Okay? He could teach any, I'd love to be with, and by the way, he knew everything about something. I mean, something about everything. You, 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 ever, you know? Now, he wasn't a hunter, he wasn't a fisherman, he wasn't all that. Marlon knows two or three things about plants. Gene knows a couple things about at least Chevrolets. And he had, since he got married, he knew a couple things about a Ford, but not much. Knows nothing about Mopar, no. <laughs> You follow what I'm saying? Each of us knows something. We have something that we can give. We have something that we can share. Who are some of the stars that get a spotlight in heaven? I'm glad you asked. Matthew 5, 19. So if you break the smallest commandment and teach others to do the same, you'll be the least in the kingdom. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them, in other words, mentors, mentors, will be great in the kingdom of heaven. In other words, if we live the life and we mentor what we've learned and showed, we're going to be great. That's your Sunday school teachers, your youth leaders, you know, your children's church directors, your, your nursery workers that share, love, and teach. That's what I'm talking about, giving what you have. That's the parents, the grandparents. That's all of us that are sharing. That's what greatness is. So all grandparents need to take that and put it on the refrigerator. 
I'm teaching what I know. I'm teaching what I share. So I have at the bottom of your outline, life is truly less about what we attain and more about what we give away. I got a question. I have done a bunch of funerals, but I'm not the world record holder. I know people that's done more. I've seen some pretty cool things. I've seen some diamond rings and some valuable things placed in a casket. I've seen a lot of stuff, but I have never seen a hearse with a bunch of 18 wheelers hauling all their stuff down the road. I've seen family fight over the stuff left. You follow what I'm saying? I've seen that and some of you know what I'm talking about. But the point is, you're not going to take, if you gain the whole world, you're not going to take it. And you definitely don't want to lose your soul. But I want to move us past that to, we don't want to just, get, you know, lose, not lose our soul. We want to pass it on to the next generation. If anything good's been taught to you, if anybody's loved you, pass it on to the next generation. And so I'm speaking to predominantly folks here who have lived a little bit of life. Let's just put it that way. Just a little. Y'all have gifts. You have knowledge. You have skills. You can pass it on. There are things you can do. You can share. Let's don't be selfish. And then man at the end, I have wealthy men leave a fortune. Great men leave a legacy. If you had a choice between leaving a legacy, a Christian legacy, and a servanthood le legacy, and a mentoring legacy, or leaving your kids a fortune, which one would be better for your children? What would they do with a fortune? I hate to tell you, but what would they do with a fortune? I told you I've had three students on all the years I taught at ULM win the lottery, and two of them had ruined their lives. Divorces, terrible, ruined their lives. Two of them. One of them, I'm, I, I can't say that it did. I, I, it didn't for a while anyway. Just, just Google sometimes the people that win the Powerball. Look at Hollywood, multi-millionaires. But leaving a legacy, Ernest Hemingway would trade all the wealth and everything to have had a father that loved him. So what's really important? Are you living a stand-up life, men and women, in this world? I think what we need to do to do our part is just in the little world we live in. When we go to a Walmart, let's don't cry, let's love on people. <laughs> when you're in the line at your grocery store and they're running slow, oh, Pastor Ray told me I've got to be a witness. I've got to be nice. When no dad's present, 3% faithfully attend church their life. When a dad is present, the potential is 44% for the rest of their life. Unbelievable, not even close. And here's what I'm telling you, just look at church attendance. Today in Washtenaw Parish, we have a couple hundred thousand people. And I guarantee you there's not 35,000 in church in this parish today. And it's getting worse and worse. Now you think, well, church doesn't have anything to do with it. Yes, it does. Just wait till there's no church. Look at every country where church is either government church or no church. Look at what happens. Now here's what's cool. God's kingdom's not going to be over because His kingdom's not of this world. And God will raise up house churches and He'll raise us like He's doing in China and all that. But guys, as a country goes... Let's look all the way down. As men go, as a family goes, as mothers go, families go, as families go, cities go, schools go. Do you see what I'm saying? And the country goes. Revival needs to start with me right now where I'm at. It doesn't need to, let's just send good people to Washington. That will solve it. I'm telling you, we've sent good people to Washington and that doesn't solve it. Do vote well. Do pick good people. It's never clear. Most of the time now it's never clear who to vote for. It's pretty clear. But my point is we need to make sure we're doing what we're doing and we have a revival in our own heart and just let it spread to our little part of the world. 
And you're not going to answer for the whole country. You're not going to answer. You're just going to answer for the opportunities that you have and I have. And man, you have some wonderful men here that I've got to know. Some of you I hadn't got to know yet, and I want to. I really do. I've only been, you know, here every week for what, about 15 months or something. Uh, and I want, really would love to, to get to know all y'all better. But you have some good men. Some of you check on people, you call, you care, you're good fathers. And we just need to pass that on. And these young kids, and one week Bryce had 14 or something up there, I can't remember, uh, guys and girls, every one of them need a mentor. They need somebody to love on them. And when you see them down the hall, learn their name. You can be an old man. You can learn their name, say their name, say hi. You know what I'm talking about? Just love on them, care on them. That's what we need, amen? Let's pray. Father, you are so good. You love us so much. You're an amazing example of balance, of power that's beyond anything we can imagine, yet so loving, so compassionate. You've got it under control. I confess, Lord, I don't have it under control. But I pray that I continue, as many days I do do, and we do, that we yield to the Holy Spirit to have the power to keep our self under control. So God, may we learn to die daily to self and let go and let you take over. And Lord, we end that day really smiling and peaceful when you've done a work in our life. And God, forgive us when we've given up. I've given up on people before. I've tag teamed it with other people before. But Lord, let, let me never, ever, ever give up on fighting that sin that so easily besets me and us and us, Lord, on those around us that need you. God, I pray for the men especially right now that 2023 would be a transformational year regardless of their age, regardless of what they do, that they would find usefulness, a place they can serve you and mentor and love and pray for others and be a godly man, which is the highest calling and the highest type of man there is. I pray this in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. You are dismissed. Go have fun with circles.